This episode of the Red Box Report is brought to you by Chesapeake Tees. If you're ever in the need for high-quality custom t-shirts for any occasion, just visit www.chesapeaketees.com to see everything they have to offer, including business or sporting apparel, custom slogan or logo design, fundraising events, and so much more. Help support a small local business, and they'll help you bring your vision to life on a t-shirt. Shipping is always free, and listeners of this podcast will receive an extra $2 off when you enter the coupon code REDBOXREPORT, all one word, at checkout. On top of that, the more shirts you order, the bigger the discount. Chesapeake Tees, a small business with big ambition. Welcome to episode 113 of the Red Box Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon, and with me is Joel Fallon. Hello. This week, we are, we will be reviewing The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, Nightcrawler, His Girl Friday flashback, and our top five media movies, media-related movies. Yeah. Uh, all time journalism, whatever news, yeah. To go along with Nightcrawler, fits the theme of the episode and yeah. His Girl Friday. But the biggest movie that was released that we will be reviewing this week is definitely The Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part One. Absolutely, made a ton of money. I think it's was second in uh, domestic box office returns for 2014, only to American Sniper, which came out. Really late in the game to, <laughs> to snipe that away from them. So, people saw Hunger Games. We were late, but we finally did see it. <laughs> Can you explain the plot of this one? It's a follow-up to the Hunger Games and then Catching Fire, where those two, they basically had the actual Hunger Games, and that was the plot to those movies. This is a little bit different. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of the uh, pushback of the end of the last... Mock, or not, not the last Mocking Game movie, the last Hunger Games yeah. movie. Um, it's, Katniss is like. She's sort of a symbol now. Yeah. More than a. Although they, that gets kind of cleared up later in the movie. But. Uh, this is basically the start of an all out war. Yeah. Basically. It's, it's a totally different tune because all the other movies were about the games primarily and. Not so much the society, like they talked about the society and all that but stuff. It was but like it was integrated a, through the games. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just a side note in the other movies. Now it's in your face. And then, yeah, the games are done. This is all reality. All the politics, all the you know, the revolution that's going on. What is the main, the bad guys? What is their group called? What, the uh, the people from the capital? Yeah, or? it's just the capital, right? 
Yeah, that's just generally they refer to it too as the capital, the yeah. ominous they. Yeah. But Philip Seymour Hoffman in one of his last ever performances. Yeah, is he good? He's in the second one. I heard they had to like do some CG work, but yeah. they, I think they're making it so you won't notice it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what they did with Paul Walker in Fast and Furious 7. Is that out? It comes out in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'll see a lot of um, But I was a big fan of the original Hunger Games. Which, I, surprising. Which, yeah, it surprised me because these kinds of young adult adaptations haven't really been my bag, but I waited for DVD, finally saw the original Hunger Games and enjoyed it quite a bit yeah. for what it was. It was I just liked how it was centered around the games and had a nice focal point. But you got to see the lead up to it. You actually felt like the devastation of being picked to have to go do that. And then the second one, I'm like, are they going to be able to follow it up? And I actually liked it even a little bit better. Yeah. The second one. It was another Hunger Games, very similar to the first one, but I thought just turned up a notch. I felt the same way. I thought they actually added to yeah. in the second one. It wasn't... And they're not totally, totally different movies either. No. But, yeah, so I was actually... This is one of the, a weird series where I'm looking forward to every movie that comes out, but I've never seen one in the theaters. <laughs> yeah. I always wait for DVD. Just because it's not like Avengers where I'm like, oh my god, I have to see this as soon as possible. But I'm just like, yeah, when I see this, I'm really looking forward to it. When it first came out, I really wanted to see it, but then I guess... It was a pretty big movie season, honestly. I guess it just kind of got lost in the sauce for me. I just watched it, I don't know, like four or five days ago. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, um, the only thing I can say is I gave it some slack knowing it was half of a story. That's my biggest problem with it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but the way... Like, going into reviewing the movie, I didn't know it, it was exactly going to be like that, but I was kind of thinking, like, for me, Halo 2 was a cliffhanger, just end it. I didn't like it, but at least they're planning on this being a two-part story. You know what I mean? So I tried to cut that factor out of the review as much as I could, but I do think it's its weakest point. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Maybe when the second part comes out and you can watch them back to back then you can say that okay it worked out but we're just reviewing this movie that is presented yeah. right here after the fact <laughs> this could actually be a fantastic movie if it actually is kind of the glue in the series you know what I mean it ends up these happenings in this movie end up being having a lot of weight to them but you don't know that till the yeah. second movie comes out I just hate this trend in movies right now. Yeah, it does happen a little too often and not now. I thought the first case, I think, was the Harry Potter, the seventh uh, book, being split into two. But that, I actually thought it worked because they were able to go into more detail for each thing that was going on. And I, maybe as a big fan of the book, that was why I liked that so much. But here and in most every other case, including The Hobbit and all that it's just this is half of a movie this is like 45 minutes to an hour's worth of content stretched to two hours long yeah. just to meet that feature length time and there's a lot of interesting stuff in here I felt like but not enough to justify 
the runtime. It's sort of like if they do these kind of things, they should just make them like the incentive to sell your DVD extra. Yeah, so I feel like a there's a filler, and it doesn't always work, you know. Yeah. Like, if you're really into it, of course you want to see it all, but I just feel like, like The Hobbit, for instance, I think that could have been two movies maximum. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't I know if they could have done it in one, but yeah, two I mean, movies would have been appropriate. Two would have definitely been better. They always made it into four after they released the first one. I thought that I didn't like that one at all, but no, that's for another day. I guess. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, this, it just bothers me because there's not that much here. Like, you got Katniss, who she starts shooting all these commercials, basically, propaganda pieces to try to rally the troops around her. And that is a large, large part of this movie. Yeah. Which I thought was was an interesting idea, and I, I liked how... Even though they're the good guys, they're not necessarily not willing to stoop to a certain level to do what they have to do. I gotta admit, I did have a feeling in the movie that the whole media thing, like, I was like, this is the side part story that's gonna weave throughout the movie, and I was waiting and waiting for the main storyline or whatever it was to kick in, and it never really happened. I mean, it did a little bit, but it's still mostly about her shooting commercials and Mm -hmm. dealing with she's sort of corralled into it like not unknowingly but she's totally not into it and then she gets all fired up yeah it's like they know that even though she doesn't want to do it when a time comes her instinct will kick in and she'll do what they want her to do yeah it comes a little easy I feel like it does but it's just so much of that I found it kind of boring frankly yeah it was I thought it started kind of nice, and then it never really hit a right pace through the movie. And I agree, it was drawn out for what it was. And I feel bad because I like these movies, and I feel like the next movie is going to be really good because it's set up so much to just be all-out action war for the next one. And a lot of this work needed to be done to get to that point. I just felt like... You could have easily just done it all in one movie. And yeah, the money, I understand they're going to make an extra billion dollars because they're doing it this way, essentially. But yeah, of course. Yeah. I feel like, why can't studios start experimenting with this? If you're going to split it in half, why not release the movies a month apart? Or, or release the first part, and then as soon as the second... I mean, as soon as the first part is ready for DVD release the second part yeah I don't like the guaranteed year split yeah it's so far apart that you really you might as well just not watch the first one wait for the second one and then watch them both back to back or like you're gonna watch a first half of them that's like watching uh, The Departed or something like that halfway through pause it a year later oh yeah I was gonna finish this expect to be so fresh (laughs) right yeah I agree but I just hope that this movie was made so that the next one isn't bogged down by having to catch up again and catching up. Yeah. But we're here to review this, so I'm going to try to stay on the topic <laughs> of, of this movie. Well, I worked out a couple of things I did like about the movie: the hanging tree, yeah, the song, and all that. I thought that was really that cool. that was a pretty good moment. That um, a trivia effect was that song with the number one. 
just said on the iTunes chart. Really? So I don't know if that was for the type of music it was or what, but it's the number one. <laughs> and it was actually sung by her, Jennifer Garner. Regards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Jennifer Garner, it'd be a whole different movie. <laughs> she um, was fast. I like how 13, the people that run that, they're not the bad, they're not necessarily the good, good guys. They're not the great guys. Yeah. I mean, there's flaws to both sides. And, uh, the end, towards the end. Yeah, there was a nice action set piece at the end of the movie, but of yeah. course it's like, okay, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a glimpse. I was like, ah, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there is plenty of stuff that's laced throughout the movie where I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Well, that's interesting. But it just was like little slivers. Yeah, they know? never really gave you the full meal. Yeah, and actually, Peter, I never liked him in the first two movies. He was easily my least favorite character. I actually thought he was way more interesting here, being the brainwashed, or is he <laughs> like... He actually had a little bit of edge to him instead yeah, of just the plain white bread. some depth to his character. Boring. Uh, I'm doll and can lift heavy things. That's his character in the older ones. But, uh, it's just, and it felt weird to not have the, like, uh, something to anchor the movie behind, like the Hunger Games in the first two movies. Yeah, you I know? guess it never really did have its own identity in that movie. And... On one hand, I'm like, that's admirable, because why lean on, don't lean on this crutch over and over again, just because it's the Hunger Games, because then that's what people are expecting. But it, the other side, that is kind of, what was my favorite parts of the other movies? It is one thing I like about the um, series, is they're willing to take risks. Like, my first impression of the first one was, I can't believe it's actually violent. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, when I first heard about the series, all I could think about was, like, Twilight and... I don't know. Um, Harry Potter, even though I do enjoy the Harry Potter game, or movies, but I just thought it was going to be childish, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely real stakes involved. Yeah, absolutely. It it totally surpassed my expectations. Of, yeah. But Did you ever see Battle Royale? The Japanese? I've seen parts of it. I've never watched the whole movie. My friend showed me like some clips yeah. of it. It's not. I probably like it about the same as the Hunger Ga- first two Hunger Games, but it it's definitely darker than them. Yeah. It has its own flaws and its own uh, positives. It's uh, Japanese, right? I believe so. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence, she is great as this character. Yeah, she, she I couldn't imagine job. anyone else playing her. No, especially at this point. It does get a little predictable and old with her cycle of being the brave badass and crying and being uh, no wanting the attention yeah. and then yeah the back, back and forth. forth but I mean that's just what she's given and she does a good job with it yeah I hope they uh, grow out of that <laughs> cycle but the character development you would think at this point she would know but who knows that's a tough situation to really uh, distinguish yeah can't really put myself in their shoes it's so, <laughs> so different but uh, I did like how you got to see all these characters that were part of the television show or the the presentation, and they are on their on screen personas uh, in the first two movies. In this one, they're peeled back. You get to see how, how what they really are. Yeah. Like um, the girl, the 
Why can't I remember her name? I can't ever remember her name either. The girl with the golden hair. Yeah. She well, directed think... Pitch Perfect. She was in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin and all that. One of my favorite characters through the series has been the... Uh... Effie, I think, is her character. Yeah, I think that's right. The, um, the guy who does the show for the Hunger Games people. Mm-hmm. Stanley uh, the Tucci. Parent, parent yeah. He's maddeningly goofy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just thought that was cool. That you got to see Effie without her painting up face and her on-screen persona. You got to see her real thoughts on all the matters. And it gives you a real sense they're actually at war. Yeah. It's the luxury. And it, it's kind of commenting on how the people you see on TV. They're definitely not always what they appear to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I thought, was good. I, I thought he'd be more important, in yeah. a way. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. Julianne Moore was really good, too. Yeah. Like, those two worked pretty good together. And not that he's not important. It's just, I guess I thought he'd be a little bit more commanding. Yeah, more gravitas. Like he kind of usually is, I guess. But yeah, I mean, he's, he seems like a patient character, though. Mm-hmm. So it just still bums me out every time I see him that he's gone. Yeah, it's hard like, to believe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. One of my favorite actors of all time. Like, just an amazing actor, and gone. But what can yeah, you do? The best one's good first. <laughs> yeah, and I really don't have a whole lot more to say because it's. Just the first half of a movie. Yeah, I, I feel like after the second one comes out, we'd have to come back and yeah, maybe might, do them together. Yeah, perhaps. Because I think that would be a more complete review of the movie. Yeah. And, again, the studios are putting themselves in that position. And this movie was so kind of dull to me and boring and slow-moving that I don't know if I want to revisit it. I might just read the Wikipedia plot summary before <laughs> I go see the second one. Uh, but as disappointed as I was with the movie, it's not really affecting my expectations for the for the second half. No, I definitely want to see the second yeah. half for sure. And I mean, maybe it's I'll the last one. So. Yeah, depends on the, what kind of reviews it's getting. Yeah, but I'd give it a six out of ten. Um. I'm giving it a really soft seven and a half. Yeah. Because I did appreciate the movie, and uh, I guess it's a hopeful seven and a half. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing, I really don't understand why Liam Hemsworth's character is even in these movies. I don't, I totally agree with you. (laughs) He just... It's so they can say there's a love triangle, but really, he's so minor in every one of these. It's like... Obviously, you have no chance. <laughs> but, yeah, he should just be your soldier or something. Yeah, I don't know. What can you do? Yeah. But let's get to the main crux of this episode with the media-related movies. And let's get into Nightcrawler. This is the Jake Gyllenhaal-led movie with uh, Riz Ahmed, I believe, is his young partner's the actor's name. This is a movie where he is a guy, he's a hustler, he's a guy that will just do anything he to get money. He's shady, he's not afraid to do it, whatever. And he finds himself getting into the business of, not necessarily paparazzi, but like uh, a news video service who will film 
live footage of the news as it's happening and sell the footage to news companies for them to use on their broadcast. And it just gets shadier and shadier the longer <laughs> the longer it goes. And uh, this was a movie that got a lot of great uh, notices out of Toronto Film Festival, and it made a lot of critics' top ten movies of the year for last year. So I was really pumped to see this. How about you? Um, well, actually, I think I mentioned to you when you first brought it up, I didn't hear good things. I read a list that gave it an overrated movie. Mm-hmm. And I I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but some of his movies are iffy on. So I was, I'd say, even between going in. Like, I yeah. didn't have a lot of expectation, but... I've talked about Gyllenhaal a lot on this podcast because when we first started doing the podcast, I never would have told you, Jake Gyllenhaal, great actor, or Jake Gyllenhaal, one of my favorite actors. But just since then, he's been steadily a standout in every movie he's in for me. I do think he's a great actor, and I do think he's one of my favorites because even when he's in a movie that isn't great, I feel like he really gives it his all he does a great job and he's in some of my favorite movies of recent years as well well. taking that point I mean that's the first thing I would say about this movie is he's he's the best part about it oh my god and I think it would be a mediocre movie at best without him yeah the movie is really about him yeah I could see other actors being able to pull it off but he just embodies this character so much that it wouldn't be the same, I don't think. No, I totally agree with you. He did an outstanding job. <laughs> just, he's so creepy. He's just a commanding presence, even though he's not like a a menacing figure. He, he's skinny as a rail. He's creepy, like never blinks. He's <laughs> always staring. He looks harmless. But the very first scene in the movie really sets a great tone with he's like stealing uh, some kind of metal in the fence yeah and someone tries to stop him well he like beats the crap out maybe even kills him (laughs) like just out of nowhere and acts like it's nothing so that really sets a tone that wow this guy can go off at any time he's not afraid of anything blah 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 and uh he is a scary presence. It, at every moment, you're like, "Is it, uh-oh. When someone like does something that you know he doesn't like, you're just waiting, uh-oh. What's he going to do? Yeah, What's he going to do? It's completely unpredictable. Yeah. But so good at that. So good. And it's a, a very gradual, like, you can understand why people kind of fall into his web of deceit because it's very gradual, his um, aggression. Yeah. And it's clear that something's off about him, but... He's very, very, very persistent. Yeah, and he's a fast talker, smooth talker. Like, he really makes it seem like he knows exactly what he's talking about. And when he falters or when he notices that people know he's not, he'll adjust. He's very adaptable and learns quickly of how to bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's crazy. But my only thing was, do you think this kind of people are out there is this how news gets their footage i mean maybe in certain areas um the LA? whole nightcrawler thing is real like, yeah news companies can't be everywhere yeah so generally like for instance 9-11 and all that stuff most of the stuff you saw 
on TV was just from people. Yeah. And that's probably what a lot of stuff comes from. It's just random people, people capture something yeah, on their phone. capture something on their phone, but there are probably people like this. And I'm guessing, especially in LA, where this is based, it's probably more, or more crime-ridden areas, maybe. New yeah. York, LA, Detroit, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems to be, I would imagine what these guys specialize in is kind of like the movies, like fires. Yeah. Anything like that's that. going to capture your attention if you're looking at a TV. And I'm, my guess is, without knowing, that that it's being exaggerated in this movie for effect. Yeah. If I'm, I had to guess. I'm sure there's a fine grain of truth yeah. to at least part of the stories, but they seem to all be It's mainly fiction. being used for like a social commentary. Yeah, I'd agree. Now... The news is... There's a clear message. Yes. Well, it's not always clear, but it's clear that there is a message throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. It's... It's crazy how he fi- he gets himself into this. Like, coincidentally, he's like, oh, what's this? And then he overhears a converse- phone conversation where a guy's saying how much he's going to make from selling this footage. And he slowly just builds his way up, like... <laughs> At first, he's like just jumping in front of dead bodies, and the cops like, "What the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of here!" And he learns, and he learns, and eventually, he's like a freaking film director. He's moving dead bodies so he can like get better shots. Like, so they're in the frame of the bullet. Like, he's just gone nuts. And and uh, that last act, that last sequence, is one of the most intense things I've seen yeah, in, a movie, got it, in a while. That uh, it was kind of worth the wait throughout yeah. the whole movie for. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wrote is he is like he's creepily persistent, and I wrote he's smart, dumb. Like he's smart, but he's not like genius. No, he doesn't have any of his own thoughts. Everything that he does is something he's replicating. It's like a computer brain. He, he does. He is efficient to a way, but. He lacks the humanity, really. and Yeah, definitely. And just the way he uh, gets an intern. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he puts the advertisement out. Doesn't even tell the guy what the job is. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, and he just picked the perfect guy who was so, like, not able to be... Demanding or anything, you know. He's yeah, just he, a pushover. It's not that he was completely dumb or anything, but yeah, he didn't. He's he a was pushover. a pushover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was just a, a good way for Jake to have somebody to just really lean on. Now, one of the things I didn't like is his character is so um, developed and focused on and he does such a great job it almost makes some of the supporting characters um kind of useless in a way or not useless but just not that interesting yeah until the like the yeah well not even that they're not interesting it's just like you should have either had more of them in it or kind of not at all like uh what's his name bill paxton yeah would like to see more yeah he was an interesting character and he's only really in it a couple scenes like realistically besides him just like walking by yeah that's true that is true um now did you how did you think the progression went for when he first started 
and he's like buying a crappy camera to all, all of a sudden he has like a Lamborghini or something. Yeah, that's... felt a, like that was a little... One quick. of the things that he had on here as well is I didn't like the pace yeah. of the movie. and Maybe more time went by than it seemed like, but it just seemed pretty quick to... Well, they even mention it's in, within the first year. Yeah. At, uh, towards the end when he's negotiating. Mm-hmm. Um, I even, like, even the beginning when you see him knock out the guy for the watch. I wish they explained more about. It seems like he's no, he knows what he's doing, but it seems like he's new to mm-hmm. even breaking the law. Yeah. So that's sort of a mystery. And then yeah, the pace of like the kids still getting thirty bucks a day, and he's all of a sudden got all these cameras and. A Camaro or whatever. Yeah. It's, they don't really explain. It's kind of a nitpick because really, of course, they got to condense it down. Yeah, I don't really know how they could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be completely honest, it's I a guess nitpick, they... But I just it did. I didn't notice it. And I I do love the fact that like he's just a natural artist. It's like what he was born to do. You know, this yeah. guy's a hustler. He'll he's just doing whatever it takes to make money, and then he finds something that. He is the best at, or at least he's willing to go places that nobody else is willing to. They do. definitely took the lesser evil. Like, if you want it to have a weaker point in your movie, do you want it to be that, or do you want it to be your yeah. main character? Or so, right. you know. I, I love the relationship between him and um, Rene Russo's character at the television station. Yeah, it's, he uh, like <laughs> he tries to bring her in by like trying to date her. Or take her out. It's like two people completely bullshitting themselves. (laughs) And you can just see, like, she thinks she's in control in the beginning. And then there's a certain point where she realizes, oh shit, (laughs) I'm in over my head. (laughs) What have I done? And that's just a great, great scene. Yeah, uh, there's a particular moment where she realizes shit. Yeah. And it's not even... She doesn't even do anything, really, except for notice. Yeah. And... It's, yep. uh, it's interesting. You can miss it, for sure, but... Yeah. It's definitely... Uh, the whole tide of the movie changes after that. Mm-hmm. I do like the way the movie looks. I think it really fits with the the mood and the style of what they're representing. Yeah, I like the first-person parts, or the whatever, the camera, and... Yeah. You know, Yep. Looking through the screen. It's real dark and slick looking, but kind of creepy at the same time. Yeah, it's a cool way of doing things without having like actual special effects and whatnot. Yeah. Now, what do you think the director is getting at with the movie? Just that the news is bullshit? or I guess just that... Don't believe everything you see. Whatever's on TV is for ratings, you know? Yeah. Nothing it's is to real. Make money, yeah. No matter what, nothing is exactly as it seems. Like they they draw some pretty interesting stats throughout the movie about news coverage. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's the theme of both of our uh, reviews for as far as media related is that it's not always putting journalism or media in a positive light. <laughs> well. It goes to show maybe you shouldn't be, you know. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be anything we change though. We talk about it a lot, but it doesn't 
Yeah. But I, I guess it's a sensitive issue because of freedom of speech. You, exactly. People kind of hide behind it. And at the same time, definitely need it. Yep. It's just good to be aware sometimes that don't just take everything for granted at the same time. Yeah. I, I love this movie, and a lot of it be, is because of the last 20 or 30 minutes, which I w wish we could really get into because it, it's so damn good. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really the Much like Whiplash, it really <laughs> ends in a bang. And uh, that's really what won me over completely. I, I love this movie. It didn't quite crack my top 10 for 2014, but I believe it's like 11 or 12 for me. Yeah, I think if uh, the last 30 minutes or so didn't happen, it would have been materially different yeah review score but uh I would give it eight and a half out of ten I give it um an eight yeah Sam loved it more than me surprisingly really yeah I was iffy if she'd even like it she said nine out of ten jeez <laughs> I know I wouldn't have thought it <laughs> kind of like or is it like uh Brooks when he was young oh she's definitely more lenient on her yeah. grades <laughs> but she did say that she really loved it and I was like oh I thought you'd like it, but wow. My uh, youngest brother, when he was six or so, they took him to see Mission to Mars, yep. I believe. They asked him how it was, and he said, that movie sucks. I gave it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you might as well uh, review movies for Rolling Stone. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the next media-inspired movie, His Girl Friday. His Girl Friday. I believe it's 1957, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it's uh, between 57 and 59. Yeah. Black and white movie, directed by Howard Hawks, starring um, Cary Grant, I believe. And I did not write down the yeah, lady's name. Yeah, it's Cary Grant, and uh, I don't know what the lady's name is. Well, she's is. good, though. She's really good in it. Um, basically, this is just about a woman who... Was in love with the editor at this newspaper, but then she left, got married to someone else, and she's coming back to, I don't know why, she's coming back to, like, get some of her stuff, or to say she's not, it's not exactly, yeah, or maybe it is clear, and I just forgot, but it just didn't really stick out to me as a, a great she, Does reason. she come back to say that she's leaving, going upstairs, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. Which... I don't know if it's really necessary to do that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it led to a pretty good movie. Um, so she comes back, and her ex is Cary Grant. And he's he's still infatuated with her, wants her to stay and leave this new guy. And the editor of the newspaper, right? Yeah, yeah. And he runs the newspaper. And so he just starts creating all this stuff just to get her inch back interested into writing these stories and investigating all this stuff. It's basically just a game of cat and mouse between two people that used to love each other slash still do, question mark, you know. Yeah. So, this was a classic. It's It's got a great reputation over time, over the past 50-some years. Yeah, when I looked up media movies to get like a general idea of the movies I liked, this was in every one of them. Yeah. So. And I can see why. It's it is really good. What did you think? Um, I liked it. It's it's hard for me sometimes to watch the older. I hate how they talk. Yeah. I don't understand why they. 
do people actually talk like that everywhere, or is it just on the I think that's TV? just the acting style back then. Or like, uh, I see, I'm what... gonna get you, and then we're gonna go over here. And then... <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's it's this so stylized. Yeah. One lady, I'll... she's the lady that's in uh, The Aviator or whatever. How she talks drives me nuts. They call it the, the New England accent, or, <laughs> or Mid-Atlantic accent. It's sort of a mix between English in American English and it was for the stage the top and it's just crazy but I just I I didn't love the movie because I don't know it just seemed too light yeah it's light and cheesy but it is a fun fast paced movie love the dialogue how it's just like I was surprised how the pace in the movie myself I thought it was I don't know why I just thought older movie slower yeah no it was pretty quick like you don't really have time to breathe it's plots moving along pretty quickly <laughs> you gotta stay on it to really especially the dialogue they're really shooting it, it actually read that this is the first ever movie where they talked over each other really yeah huh. like before this movie they would wait to their turn like in a play I guess but this was apparently I don't know if that's true but I, I did see that wow that's pretty good. I guess it's like the first person to smile in front of a camera <laughs> right yeah what's that uh the die in the west yeah a million ways to die in the west you smile is he a man man <laughs> I hate that movie but that was pretty funny there's part. some good quotable yeah, lines in the movie are. but otherwise it sucks <laughs> yeah but you can kind of tell at times like that Especially Cary Grant, he was not the best actor for me. He's you can just see he's not. He's just saying the lines when he has. He's to now fully committed. Yeah, it's like in the movie, it doesn't seem like he's really putting any emotion behind anything. He just has a half smirk on his face and memorizes lines, and he says them when he has to say them. But at the same time, do you think that's something of the era? Where I'm sure it is supposed to yeah. kind of keep their emotions to themselves a little more. He's more about just. Having a charisma and presenting a like there's no problem a comfortability on on screen. He's the man's man, and he's I know that name. I have probably seen him in a couple movies, but I know he was one of the bigger movie stars back then. Oh yeah, he's pretty wooden though, in my opinion. Even as the way he moves, he's like stiff. You know? Yeah, he just gets by on his looks. I thought it was interesting how he was interested in her as actual love and. She, he thought she was his like one of his top reporters or mm -hmm. whatever yeah so it's you're almost not sure if he's trying to keep her for because she's business or pleasure pleasure <laughs> yeah yep and it seems like whenever she's interested in him he kind of backs off a little bit yeah they're and, definitely stubborn with yeah. each other and then when she's like being clear that she doesn't want anything to do that's when he's most interested <laughs> It's an interesting relationship. I did think uh, one thing I wrote down was I thought it was interesting how she actually wanted to be more of a homemaker. Yeah. It's a little bit backwards for what you would think of at that time for women's uh, rights. Yeah. <laughs> now, movies jump at that type of character, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. I know that this had some positive things as far as her being the main character and she's really good in her job that's a positive for that time especially to show women in that light 
that felt like there was also some misogyny going on. Yeah. Which, again, it makes sense because that is a lot of that was going on in that era. <laughs> so, I don't know. Especially like all the other guys that worked there. Yeah. They were nice to her, but then behind their back, they're saying like, "There she go. That's a woman for him." <laughs> yeah, it's a different time. It's sort of like watching a uh, Mad Men. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it did feel like a it was a stage play that was filmed for uh, a movie, you know. Yeah, it had a very stagey feel, which did, it didn't bother Kinda me. Like there was acts. Yeah, like. I'd like to see this uh, once if I was ever going to a play. <laughs> I would see this, you know. I thought it was interesting though, that he kept offering that uh, eventually that big story came. Yeah, kind of had like held it over her head a little bit again the love and business thing but at the end I thought it was funny how go to that honeymoon in Niagara we never went to by the way this thing in Albany happened we can hit that on the way <laughs> yeah. so we can't pretty ever pretty like turn it off you know <laughs> no matter <Never>. what <laughs> never and while that is a positive aspect of the journalism like he is all about it he wants to have, be successful and cover all this stuff but He's also, like, putting fake money in, like, putting it on people, stealing things. Very shady, you know? It doesn't put journalism in the most bright light uh, and positive common, spin. Common topic. Yeah. Because <laughs> even when she's going to interview that guy and all this stuff happens, he's hiding this murderer <laughs> in a piano. <laughs> like, it's so weird. It is a strange movie but again it's pretty similar theme to Nightcrawler in that sense yeah the 1950s <laughs> polite version of Nightcrawler <laughs> one thing I just I could never get past and I don't know if I should be dinging the movie as much as I have for this is the phone situation dude just picks up a phone starts talking before it even gets to <laughs> and uh, there's just someone on the other line who it's like listen what is someone sitting, there, someone sitting there nonstop just waiting for him to just randomly pick up any phone and start talking into it yeah I think and it's it, so fast paced he's like oh it was about move to the other phone oh, it was about it's <laughs> almost like people weren't as familiar with phones at the time so they yeah. could just sort of like I guess with the keyboards people used to act and they used to just like mash on that keyboard and now you kind of got to at least like you got to look like I'm yeah. typing something. Yeah, exactly. I just thought that was so weird. And then the guy's on the other line immediately. Just <laughs> has all, everything he needs, you know. I guess phones weren't like that new, but I just mean mm -hmm. probably through film, it just right. needed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and again, it's a nitpick because you know it's more about what he's saying and all than how it happens. But it, it did bring me out of the movie a little bit. Uh, and how about her her new husband? I don't know if they were married yet, but yeah, I think they a part of it was she was going to get married, and they were taking his mom with them up to Connecticut or something. Yeah, I just thought he was a uh, a weird character. Yeah, I, he could have not been in the movie, really. Yeah, exactly. Basically, wasn't because he kept getting put in jail. Yeah, for all this random shit, and. uh yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like he was getting snickered too easily. Yeah. He was he, falling for it way too much. 
You didn't stand a chance. <laughs> no, no. I did like how, though, though I gotta figure out the girl's name, the woman's name real quick, because I feel bad that I'm just keep saying the girl, the girl. But I liked how she, she, for the most part, would not keep falling for his stuff. Like, she he was pretty good. She knew what he was up to, and, you know, she would get it right back to him. But there were times where she she did fall under it. And she did follow for his stuff. Yeah. I like that it was like, it wasn't just she saw through every single thing. Like, she still had her faults. Hildy was her name. Hildy, yeah. yeah. Rosalind <laughs> Russell. She was really good. Probably my favorite part of the movie. And that's a big thing, because she was like the main character. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have too much more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I knew this is a super well-respected movie and all, but I'm going to give it my personal review. Yeah, that's all you can do. It's, um, I'm going to give it a six and a half. Yeah. It's a movie, if it was on, I might watch the rest of it, but I have no desire to watch it again. Yeah. I'm not too far off. I definitely respect it, especially for when it com- came out. Like, for its time, if we would have watched it the year it came out, I'm sure we probably would have loved it. Yeah, I agree. It, I think we talked about this in a uh, previous episode, how it's hard to look back 50 years later and see what's revolutionary about it because we've seen so many things that have built upon what they did and what they did so it's hard but I definitely respect yeah. it we're, I did we're kind of jaded we, we have so much now but yeah I, I did enjoy the movie quite a bit uh, I'd give it a heavy seven and a half okay when, I wouldn't call it a classic I was a little harsh I gotta admit but yeah. I mean I went with what I had to yeah. I looked at it like if I gave this movie a seven and a half and this mm-hmm. an eight or I have to give this uh, right you know in ratings and I have to also with my inner self have to get my rating system completely consistent yeah because you're not used to saying, so oh, every episode it's almost like a different scale I have to kind of like <laughs> yeah it, even that out ratings are so meaningless oh, maybe not meaningless but I mean you could give something a seven and a half but that doesn't mean that's all you got out of it. You might like a movie that you gave a seven and a half or want to watch it more often than a movie you gave an eight and a half, you know? Yeah. It's it's so much more than just a grade or a rating, you know? But that's just the easiest way to display what you thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to our top five media-related films. All right. A genre that, that has a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I didn't really realize how much there was until I was really yeah. reading I, and I did like journalism TV social media any anything that had to do with media of any kind I considered it's one of these lists where it's like for different people they might include or exclude certain movies for yeah there was movies. a lot of borderline movies yeah. and stuff that someone might decided not to include but yeah um, I was the same way what was your number five Number five would have to be Frost Nixon. Frost Nixon? All right. Yeah, solid movie. I enjoyed the movie. It's super slow and whatnot, but it is a good flick. So Ron Howard directed. Uh, Michael Sheen is great as uh, Frost. Yeah. The acting and whatnot is yeah. fantastic. But. And I, I think the film itself looks good. It's crisp. It's bright. Oh, the style. Yeah. Absolutely. It's... Uh, it's really? just a long drawn out movie if you're not if you don't have the time. Yeah. The I patience. like those movies that they capture the era 
But they make it like as if you were personally there. Like a lot of movies when it's a period piece, they'll soften it, they soften the edges, they'll try to make it look nostalgic. Look to the rose tinted yeah. glasses. But Frost Nixon, I mean, it's sharp. Like this is what they'd be like if you were in the room with them. It seems like. Yeah. That kind of feeling. So that was a good choice. My number five is Gone Girl. Okay. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's not 100% media. Oh, definitely is. It's a really big part is how the media is handling this situation with the missing wife and and the perception. Yeah, that crazy (laughs) lunatic. (laughs) and uh, Just the perception versus reality is basically what the whole movie is about. And uh, I've already talked about how it's my second favorite movie of 2014 and Problem. I think it's in my top 75 of all time. Yeah. It's uh, a yeah, great, it's a great flick. Movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Yes. I Is he the um, director of Ben Affleck? No. Uh, David Fincher. I like his uh, movies, so. Yeah. In general. Number four? Number four, I'm giving to The Truman Show. Me too. Really? Yeah. Number four? My number four is nice. The Truman Show. <laughs> Love that movie. Jim Carrey, when he's being a little more serious than comedic. It's definitely funny, but oh, it's yeah. not a, a comedy. It's think. definitely the probably the most serious of his movies to that point in his career. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's one of my top 50 or 75 movies of all time. I just love the conceit. I think he does an amazing job as the one guy who doesn't know what's going on. His whole life was a sham, and just the realization of that, he brings the weight and the comedy to it. Yeah, I just, I like the movie. It makes you think, because oh, yeah. it's about the bigger topic, not that one person lives a lie, but yeah. that maybe we all kind of do. Yeah, exactly. And as a fan of Big Brother, <laughs> <laughs> as a live feed watcher, <laughs> yeah, it has a little bit of that to it as well. I haven't seen it in a little while. I would like to revisit it. Yeah, that is but, a great movie. Yes, absolutely. Number three? Number three, I'm going to Kill the Messenger. Okay. This yeah. is a recent movie? Yeah, it just came out, I believe, over the holiday season. But um, I can't remember what the main actor's name Woody is. Woody Harrelson? No, Jeremy Renner? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, I watched it a few months ago, I'm slightly fuzzy, but it's basically about the guy who broke the fact that, um, if you've ever heard of Freeway Rick Ross, he was arrested for being the biggest crack dealer, mm. kind of invented it in a way, and they found out that actually he wasn't the biggest drug dealer in America or anything, they got it from these Nicaraguan guys who were basically the CIA. So the CIA was selling drugs to Los Angeles <laughs> to fund a war. Wow. And this basically no-name reporter from a small newspaper that doesn't even cover international affairs. He broke breaks the story. This story. And and then what? Is he scared for his life after that? Yeah. it's. I don't want to spoil it. Actually, yeah. I mean, it's a true story. The guy, he's not around anymore. He couldn't deal with it. But you. this is... He... He kills himself, but this is... In the movie, they kind of make it seem like he does it. Like, kind of in the heat of everything. But he does it, I think, years later. Okay. I gotcha. It's stuck but, with uh, you. 
it was it's a good watch it's not as good of a movie as it could have been it did come a little bit short yeah but I recommend it nice my number three is a David Fincher another David Fincher movie actually whoa I'll get to that in a second but The Social Network Uh I mean it's social media yeah (laughs) All about the invention of Facebook. Jesse Eisenberg is incredible as Mark Zuckerberg. Again, that David Fincher style is just... I love it. It's so digital, so uh, sharp. It's so, he has so much style to all of his movies. It's it's really cool to see. And it's this script was written by Aaron Sorkin, who's known for The West Wing and all kinds of shows. I've never seen it, but I like Moneyball and the Social Network, which he wrote both of those. So he's good with that fast-paced dialogue. Andrew Garfield is amazing in it. It's it was one of my favorite movies of that year, and it's yeah. I remember, you were really high on that. Yeah, I really did love it. Number two. Um, number two. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I was thinking about The West Wing. I think it took me like a year and a half to watch, but. Every night when I went to bed. Yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the People vs. Larry Flint. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, it's definitely about media, even though it's... It's sort of about the media coverage of him, but, I mean, it's porn. Yeah. It's still... <laughs> well, I thought media. his points were actually... I mean, I don't think he's a desirable character whatsoever, or someone you can even relate to, or anything like that, but... He was right, like freedom, freedom of freedom print. of speech and press, and basically does something that one of the big pastors hates him and gets all this stuff lobbied against him. But he kind of proves a point that if he can't pr- like print his porn, then basically what the church guy's doing is the same thing or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And it's, yeah, I like Woody Harrelson. It might be one of his best performances. Yeah, he is great as that guy. Larry Flint. Yeah, uh, I mean, he is a nut. And think, if we didn't have those uh, court proceedings, <laughs> yeah, look where I we've mean, come to now. <laughs> it really, it, he is, they say something about him being like an American hero or something like that, and it, it kind of is true. Yeah. I mean, you aren't forced to look at it or buy it or, so. Yeah, but great flick. Yeah, I think I watched that movie too young, but... Yeah, I, I did the same thing where I saw her kind of younger and I was like, whoa. Yeah, what the fuck? But, but I watched it a few times yeah. otherwise and yeah. it's great. It is a good movie. My number two is another David Fincher movie. <laughs> Literally three David Fincher movies in this top five. She's got the genre corner. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> um, Zodiac is my number two. I saw that on uh, lists. I haven't seen it myself. It is so worth watching. Speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, he's fantastic in this as well. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, just a star-studded cast. A a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, but, I mean, it moves. The pacing is fantastic. I love how the movie evolves throughout its runtime. It starts off as one thing where you're seeing the murders take place. It's like a, a thriller, a murder mystery thriller. And then it slowly turns into something else. Then it slowly turns the focus to the cops. Then it, the focus goes more to the journalists as they look into it. And it oh, I just cool. love it's that kind of aspect of it. Compartmentalized. Yeah. At a certain point, you're not seeing the murders. You're just seeing the investigation. And then you're seeing 
them just try to figure it all out and it's like a really good thriller slash puzzle slash just character drama these how these people get obsessed with this one case and solving it it's it's fantastic top 30 of all time <laughs> Jeez, I, I have heard good things about it number one uh, my number one I am cheating a little bit but it's going to be the newsroom it's a HBO show I think it's absolutely the best depiction of well I mean it might not like dig into the truth but I mean for Behind the, of behind the scenes of running the news place. I've only it's seen the fantastic. first episode. The first two episodes. I liked the first episode, hated the second, and I quit. Yeah, I mean, it's. You gotta give it some time. I mean, I can understand why people. Aaron Sorkin like it, but is the creator. I love everything. I love the startup music. I like the topics. I like what they talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, in terms of Nightcrawler, about. The percentages about what they show they're trying to be true to the true to their audience rather than jumping at the things that will grab headlines all the time but there's a balance because the owner is a bitch that just wants ratings and they want to be legitimate yeah I mean I like the premise I like and Jeff Daniels he's really good yeah I just feel like it's so Preachy, the writing. Oh yeah, I'm so scared of technology. Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, he doesn't understand it. So throughout the like, seasons, this sort of plays out these different topics about yeah. whatnot. But it wouldn't be a show without the real. It's about real news things and mm. parts about covering it and all. And it's cool to see what the moral and business aspects of the news went through covering those things and the things that are a little touchy they kind of make up names and sort of like law and order yeah and the guy does. from law and order is in it right yeah <laughs> he's just uh the network the executive yeah. executive or whatever <laughs> well my number one i'm surprised is not on your list it's it's anchorman I that's one of the movies I didn't include didn't on purpose. Really, yeah. <laughs> Ron Burgundy, what, probably my favorite comedy of all time. That's the only reason I didn't put it on the list. Is it was so high in my comedy list? Yeah. I didn't think it was fair to. It's not exactly digging into but, real yeah, issues. I, with I understand the, with the media, but it just gets funnier every time I see <laughs> yeah. it, and I've seen it probably thirty or forty times at this point. Uh, it's I've talked about it a lot on here but there probably is if you think about it maybe some commentary about uh, the media in there somewhere oh, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> I'm sure it's in there somewhere <laughs> the humor's got a little bit of truth to it you know what I mean how serious can you take them we back? talked about a little misogyny in His Girl Friday well there's definitely something <laughs> in Anchorman and uh, I wanted to say for this list <laughs> that I hadn't seen though Citizen Kane Good Night Good Luck all the President's Men, which is, I think, a Robert Redford movie. Yeah, I think that was another one the we had Zodiac. Yeah. And um, I wanted to give a shout-out to The Wire. Nice. Because one of their seasons is about Season four? More so, yeah. The newspaper, right? I love it, Anchorman. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> the Anchorman. period blood. 
<laughs> You're putting the whole station at risk. They bring bears in here. <laughs> oh, man. I did have some honorable mentions. Citizen Kane, as you just mentioned. Uh, good night and good luck, what you just mentioned. <laughs> I, I reviewed that for the film club segment not too long ago. It is a pretty good movie. Nightcrawler, Capote, City of oh, God, Capote. and Good Morning Vietnam. But... Let's move on to... Birdie was one of my borderline movies yeah. as well. Just yeah. because I was like... Phillips, yeah, he went off then again. Yeah. So good. He's so different in, in all these movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What else did you watch this week? Um, I finally watched all of Exodus. Yeah. Remember you said you, you'd started it. Yeah. And you liked what you saw, I believe, um, so far? Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to give the full spiel of it. Like I, I enjoyed the movie. It could have definitely been more. Mm-hmm. It fell a little short on the story, but otherwise, it, it was shot beautifully. It's nice seeing what the past would have looked like, and it is kind of a. They kind of make it to be like a more true story to the story of Exodus, but it's not really. It's pretty true to whatever's in the books and yeah. told the kids and all that good stuff so <laughs> all that good stuff um, I don't know it's I looked it up the only thing I didn't like is it makes Ramsey look kind of incompetent and stupid right and that's Rams, Joel Edgerton yeah and Ramsey the great like he's the greatest leader in Egyptian history he looked till he's like 92 <laughs> For back then, dumb. that's pretty old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think they actually found him in real life. Oh, so. really? But he's the one who built a lot of the stuff. Like, the great monuments right. and good stuff. All that stuff. That's cool. I believe that that movie is coming out to Redbox in about three or four weeks. So, maybe we'll talk about it. It's a decent week. acting as well. So I mean, Maybe I'll try to watch it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. All right, I watched Cinderella, the new Cinderella, in theaters with my daughter and and wife. Which take? Uh, the modern retelling of Cinderella, live action, doesn't change much from the cartoon. I mean, it's it's pretty faithful to that adaptation, and it's as good as it can be. I feel like, I felt like, if you like Cinderella. You're going to really like this movie. For me, it's not my favorite Disney animated movie, but I did enjoy the movie a lot. It looks great. Well shot. The outfits, like, it's very elegant. It's it's funny at parts. It's touching at parts. It's not exactly up my alley, but as much as this movie could be, I enjoyed it. I would give it, like, a heavy seven and a half. I would definitely recommend it, even if you're not... Super into that kind of stuff. Okay. It really, it, it'll, it, I liked it better than Maleficent, which I did enjoy last year. Uh, the Angelina Jolie Sleeping Beauty adaptation. Yeah, I haven't to see it yet. As far as these type, like Disney Princess live action adaptations go, I, I thought it was probably the best so far. Okay. At least that I can think of off the top of my head. I've heard they're doing more, too. Uh, yeah. I think we are talking oh, about yeah. this last time. Beauty and the Beast is coming, Dumbo's coming, they're, they're all coming. Uh, yeah. Mackenzie, 
she really enjoyed it, and Sam did as well. So it was three for three in my family. <laughs> I also watched an animated movie called The Secret of Kells, which is available on Netflix. This is a animated movie out of Ireland, which was nominated for an Oscar, I believe, oh, two years ago. It's a very unique art style. It's almost like a kaleidoscope come to life, you know. Hmm. Um, set in Ireland, the story is about this this kid who... It's this Irish town that got all this, you know, legacy prophecy stuff going on. A guy comes to their village or their town and he has this magical book that is missing one page and the kid has to go on a journey to try to like get everything needs to be done to fill out this book and and it's pretty good you know hmm. it's really fast paced really fast paced it's only an hour and 15 minutes long which is part of the reason why I checked it out because I'm like hey it's a pretty short movie I'll just watch it real quick It, I think it was a little too quick I actually wouldn't mind if it I'm not as big in, on uh, plot heavy movies plot is one of my least favorite things I wish they kind of would have Rear back a little bit, do a little more character development, really settle in on the on the settings and all that. But as far, the art style was cool to look at, very different than what you're used to seeing nowadays. And and there was some good scores, some good ideas here and there. So I I did like it. Seven out of ten. Sounds like a solid movie. Yeah, might check that out. And I did hear that um, their follow up to this, which was nominated for an animated feature this past year, Song of the Sea, is even better. So. I'm going to probably check that out at some point, too. I also watched another movie on Netflix called The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, which had my attention because it stars Jessica Chastain, probably my favorite actress at the moment, and James McAvoy, Bill Hader. It's a pretty good cast for this movie, but the interesting thing was it premiered at... I can't remember if it was Sundance or Cannes. One of the earlier film festivals... Of the of the season, and it was split into two. It was called the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby: colon him and the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby: colon her. One, they're both oh. full length movies. One from his perspective on how everything shook out, and then one from her perspective. I've never heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> but this version was a third version of the movie called the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby: colon them, where it kind of blended the two movies together to give you both perspectives not as much from each but combined it was like two hours long uh, definitely a more interesting concept than execution I mean basically the movie is something tragic this is a couple Eleanor Rigby is the girl's name that's kind of on the nose I feel like <laughs> you know but it's uh, James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain are, they were married Something ha something tragic happened that shook them apart. And basically the movie's about, like, see how they react to that and if they can still get together in the end. And, I mean, it was an interesting movie. I'd give it a six and a half out of ten. I just felt like it was, it was kind of slow. It didn't really pull me in as much as I was hoping for. But it's not a bad movie by any means. And that's all I watched. All right. So let's get into a little bit of news that's happened since our last episode. Not too much. Let's see. First thing, hot off the presses. NBC 
is going to bring back Coach, the television show, starring Craig T. Nelson. Who's that? The guy from Cheers and Coach. Is he? He's the coach from Cheers. He's like the original yeah, coach yeah, yeah. is going to be yeah. in the new coach. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, they're really... Uh... I mean, I kind of liked Coach... But like I never when I watched was young, Cheers in my life. I've never seen Cheers. Oh, maybe I've seen like a scene or two. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen Cheers before. It's... But I did watch a little bit of Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I did like me some Coach. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite show, but uh, yeah, was, I watched it. It was a decent sitcom. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of TV, the X Files are coming back this summer for oh, okay. a short six-episode run over the summer on Fox. Another show I have never really seen. Is, yeah, I've is never the X-Files. watched the I think X-Files, really. When it, was, when it was in its heyday, I was probably too young to really get into it. I was a pussy. I, yeah. <laughs> I was a little scared to check that one out. <laughs> you know. But, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to watch just a random six episode yeah. series, but if it... The good thing is, it's only six episodes, so if it's getting really good reviews, maybe I'll check it out. The only show I've ever watched after the fact that I didn't, that I liked, was Arrested Development. Yeah, I still have only seen the first season, which I really, really liked. I ended up watching the the newest season first, and then I went back. <laughs> Isn't that the worst one? Um, I don't know, it's hard for me to say, because it was It was, got you into it, yeah. I'm sure it's still good, but... Yeah. Expectations probably killed it for everybody. Probably, yeah. Uh, let's see. Steven Spielberg is going to direct Ready Player One, which is this pretty big book. Hmm. Big book. That doesn't make sense. Uh, this it's pretty a large, popular <laughs> novel about... I don't really know what it's about, but I know it's got a lot of pop culture references, video <laughs> game references. It's I think it's a sci-fi flick. But uh, they were saying they're going to try to get a big, big director to direct it. And they so did. So it going to be just like Pixels? Steven Spielberg. Uh, let's hope not. I don't know. Pixels to me didn't look that great. But yeah. We'll see. And the last piece of news is Jason Siegel is going to write and co-direct a new Lego movie called The Billion Brick Race. Hmm. They are really milking the Lego cow. Yeah, Lego Batman, Lego it, It's getting Ninja. old, I think, but I guess when you're, <laughs> your audience is really, Children. really young kids, they're, they never stop coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's always new to them. Yep. If it's Lego, they'll probably run to see it. It, it is interesting that it's Jason Siegel that's doing it. Yeah. I mean, he's got a pretty good comedic brain. Maybe he can... He can make it decent. We'll see. But that's about it. In theaters, the past weekend when this review was supposed to come out, uh, <laughs> Cinderella opened up at $68 million in its opening weekend. Run All Night, the Liam Neeson action vehicle, another one, made $11 million. They really blend all oh of my guys the same. Taken 3 just came out, I believe. Uh, Walk no, Among the Tombstones. Non-stop. He really is non-stop. Jeez. Oh, He's just constantly 
Coming out with action movies. Generic, mediocre action movies. I can't tell any of them apart, I swear. And also, a horror movie that... I mean, a lot of people I'm hearing saying that it's one of their favorite horror movies of all time. It Follows. Hmm. Apparently it's like a, a sexually transmitted disease horror movie. Jeez, Monster I'm movie. already scared. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that out at some point. And on Redbox, next episode, we'll be reviewing Birdman, the best picture winner from this year's Oscars. Dumb and Dumber 2, maybe the Razzie winner, I don't know, I haven't checked, <laughs> but uh, also we'll be doing our top five comedy sequels to go along with Dumb and Dumber 2, and we'll be reviewing Hot Shots Part 2, do, do, whatever you wah. say, do, yeah, do X, DX. <laughs> and also on Redbox, top five. Came out, The Theory of Everything, and Annie. So, pretty big week for releases on Redbox. Yeah. So, as always, you can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher as well. And on Letterboxd, I'm at the Oriole Report. Oh. And uh, if you're looking for t-shirts or t-shirt designs, you can go to www.chesspeaktees.com. And as always, thanks for listening. See you later.